I want to talk today about being vegan, what it means to be vegan, what it doesn't mean to be vegan. And no matter where you are on your own vegan journey, whether you know someone who is a vegan, who you're trying to find delicious food to cook for or to bring food to for a party or a social gathering, whether you are a vegetarian or a flexitarian who is kind of in the process of eventually wanting to become more vegan, whether you just do meatless Mondays or whether veganism is just something you've been exposed to and you're interested in, this podcast will hopefully change your perspectives on what it means to be vegan. So number one, for me, and these are all my own personal experiences, being vegan is not about restriction or about what I cannot eat. When I cook for myself, when I'm out and I'm looking for food that I can consume, for me, it's about abundance and choosing foods that are close to earth, close to nature, and ideally in their natural forms without a lot of processing. Now, many people would refer to this as raw veganism, which basically means uh, you consume food that hasn't been cooked above a certain temperature. Then there are different types or styles or lifestyles essentially associated with veganism. But when I am choosing the food that I want to consume, I think about abundance and I think about choosing foods that are close to nature. Now, for me personally, this is about wanting to maintain a state of being in high vibration, wanting to consume foods where there is a strong kind of body mindfulness connection to what I'm eating. And the act of eating for me, it's easy for it to be about mindfulness and gratitude. If you are eating a Big Mac or Cheetos or Pop-Tarts, it's hard to be mindful about what you are consuming because it's probably more about the marketing of that food than it is about the actual food. And many times we are essentially preconditioned to confuse chemicals with food. And I used to, maybe 10 years or so ago, eat McDonald's. I used to eat very processed diets and I noticed I didn't feel well. And I didn't feel well mentally. I didn't feel well physically. When you start to really clean up your diet and you do it from a place of joy and abundance because you want to feel better, you want to take better care of yourself, you will notice that you start to feel so much better and that what you consume is only a very small part of your day and of your habits. So as a minimalist, what I consume and keeping my diet minimal, meaning foods that are close to nature, because for me, that means minimal noise in my mind. I don't have anxiety over food because I'm thinking, oh, this isn't good for me. And especially when you really start to research about chemicals and what they do to your brain and to your body. I mean, just do basic research, for example, on high fructose corn syrup. I 
watched a physician one time do a pretty in-depth um, PowerPoint presentation about what high fructose corn syrup does to your body. I don't wish to consume that. If you look at things like aspartame, which is a sweetener found in things like Diet Coke, for example, and you research what that does to your brain and the connection between that and things like Alzheimer's and dementia, it's really frightening. And when you start to really just understand what the chemicals that you are consuming, what that does to your body, it changes your perspective. And I do think it's important to mindfully research. So look at opposing studies. Look at studies that show that aspartame is safe. Look at studies that show that aspartame is not safe and make your own decisions. That's what I do personally. And then I just kind of go from there and do what I feel is right. And a lot of times it's also just common sense. Eating foods are close to nature. So that's point one, is that veganism is about abundance. And it's interesting because a lot of times I go over someone's home, for example, and they will say, oh, you're a vegan. I'm so sorry that you can't eat this because I made whatever it is, chicken wings. Now I'm thinking, no, don't be sorry. It's okay. I don't wish to consume that. But a lot of being vegan is also about apologizing and being polite about declining wanting to eat something. You know, if you're at a restaurant, I'm so sorry, I can't eat this steak at a steakhouse. And steakhouses are actually a pretty good place for vegans to get food that they can eat. I know many people don't think of steakhouses as being good, but usually they have a lot of sides, a lot of vegetable sides as well. Um, and just tips and tricks, like when I do go out to eat, um, I will scan the menu, but usually I will say, do you have anything that is dairy free? Um, and then maybe from there, I will also add meat free. A lot of times if you say, to a server, do you have anything vegan? They will include things that have eggs or they will ask, oh, do you consume eggs? Now, I personally don't, but there are some vegans who do. There are some vegans who choose to consume fish or who choose to consume honey. And there are other vegans who say, you know what? I consider fish as being meat, just like chicken and steak and pork. Um, honey has, I guess, some ethical concerns for lack of a better term because of the process of getting honey it can be very bad for the bees unless you choose local honey which can be a better choice and i'm sure that there are some vegans who would say that local honey is not a good choice at all to pursue and i think it is good just to be mindful and again just to educate yourself like i do personally choose to consume honey if it is local but that's my own personal choice. And I did go to a farm one time. It was a rescue farm and they showed the beehives and they showed the process of collecting the honey. And it was honey that they did bottle and package and sell locally. So when I see things like that, that is something that I feel comfortable supporting, but I do understand other perspectives as well. And I think it's important. There are so many people who are on their journey towards being vegan. And I think you have to be very compassionate 
and very kind towards everyone and towards all mindsets. If you just do meatless Mondays, that's great. Go for it. That's fine. That's one less burger or one less piece of veal or one less piece of steak that is being purchased. That's wonderful. And there are other arguments as well. For example, people say, well, free range, is that better? Um, I personally think it's a better option than not free range, but free range oftentimes doesn't mean what you think. So a lot of times there are loopholes that people who work in the meat industry, for example, will um, leverage. So for example, free range doesn't always mean that a group of chickens were outside on a farm in nature. It might mean that they were in an enclosed shelter and there was maybe a door that the chickens can leave and enter back into at their leisure. But oftentimes there are so many chickens in that facility that the door is kind of meaningless because they don't really all have access because they're so crowded in. So this might have changed. And the last time I researched that, it may be different now. But again, it's important to just educate yourself and then make your own decisions. So point two, vegan is an easy lifestyle. And I don't want to say diet. I want to say lifestyle to abide by and to follow. Now, for me, it was a big trial and error when I first became vegan. The options were not great. And at the time I lived in the suburbs, I would go to kind of a standard grocery store where the vegan options are kind of separated out and you have to go to you know the section with the tofu and the vegan cream cheese and all of that stuff kind of in the little section that's kind of in the corner tucked away. And the options are really bad. The vegan cream cheese was disgusting. The tofu was not great. And now I've educated myself. I know how to season tofu and air fry it so it's delicious. I know what brands of dairy-free options are really good. Um, vegan ice cream is exquisite. It's very close to the real thing. Vegan cheese is getting much better. Vegan blue cheeses, vegan fetas, cheeses that are creamier tend to be better options in terms of like just the state of how delicious they are and how close they are to the real thing, if that is of interest to you. Um, and then of course there are many meat options, or I guess I should say meatless options that are pretty much identical. And Impossible Meat, for example, um, the first time I brought that home to cook, I almost had trouble cooking it because it was so meat-like. And I was reading the package over like 12 times because I said to myself, wait, I must have purchased the wrong thing. This has to be meat. It smells like meat. It looks like meat. It feels like meat. And no, it was Impossible Meat. And it's really interesting. And it is a good segue for certain people. It doesn't interest me personally to eat processed meats or processed vegan foods. I do have some exceptions. There are some vegan blue cheeses, for example, that are really, really nice. But it's a wonderful thing to think about. 
And you can even take very traditional recipes like a regular baking recipe and just swap out the non-vegan ingredients. So for example, eggs, if you are baking cookies, for example, and the recipe that you're using is a non-vegan recipe, you can replace eggs with applesauce. You can replace eggs with flaxseed. And if you just kind of look on Pinterest or YouTube or just even just Google it, you will find options that are easy replacements. Um, milk can be very easily replaced with almond milk or soy milk. Um, butter can be easily replaced with a soy butter or a vegan butter. And if you think about it, I mean, I'm sure you could really get into the science behind it, but if you're looking to include eggs in a recipe, really, you're just kind of looking to include some kind of, what's the word, like a viscous liquid. And I'm sure there is science behind it where an egg maybe does something to the baking process or mixes with the flour a certain way to create a certain chemical reaction that makes the cookies fluff up and all of that. But try replacements if you wish to use a standard recipe. And there are many things like vegan marshmallows, vegan chocolate chips, dark chocolate is pretty much identical to milk chocolate. Obviously it has a, I guess, a more bitter taste, but replacements is a good way to kind of switch your traditional recipes to be vegan friendly. So that's a really great thing to do. And the other thing you can do is think of your meals like, okay, I want to get as much nutrition as possible. So beans, rice, vegetables, legumes, fruits, oranges, citrus, um, asparagus, um, pomegranates, lemons, spinach. There are so many different ways of incorporating beautiful, fresh produce and seeds and nuts into your diet. So think about that as like the base. And then from there, you need like a vehicle to essentially package the food. So maybe that's putting vegetables on pasta or putting vegetables in a soup or putting vegetables on a tortilla shell to consume as a taco or putting vegetables on a veggie burger. So you start with kind of the produce as the main portion of the meal. And then from there, you add different elements to it. And that's kind of how I like to eat. And it just feels incredible to eat close to nature. So things that are vegan and easy, that's point two. Point three is that think about, especially if you know someone who is vegan and you're trying to understand maybe why they chose to be vegan, or if you yourself are in the process of trying to figure out if going vegan is something that you want to try, the most important thing is that for many people who are vegan, and of course, it depends on who you are personally, it's a very personal choice, but it's a mindset. And for many people, it's about ethical reasons. Sometimes it's about wanting to reduce harm to the environment or to reduce harm to animals. Sometimes it's about wanting to support local farmers and 
wanting to consume foods that are close to nature. Sometimes it's about just wanting to eat healthy, wanting to eat clean. And, you know, there are many studies, for example, that show that consuming meat, especially beef, it is actually considered a carcinogen. And if you consume enough beef, it is equivalent to smoking, it, the, the damage that it does to your body. And there are legitimate studies that you can look up that showcase this. And of course, like I said, I'm sure you can also find studies that show that eating meat in moderation is good for you. Um, the number one question I get from people is, well, how do you get your protein? And getting protein is actually very easy. Uh, for example, a cup of almond milk has a lot of protein. And then other foods like broccoli, for example, spinach, that has a lot of vitamins and minerals and nutrients that you would also get if you consumed meat. And if you think about it, the foods that animals consume, if you just consume those foods, you're kind of skipping the middleman or the middle animal essentially. So that's one way to think about it. And again, I want to be mindful of your own perspective because you might be coming at this from different angles and different viewpoints, and that's okay. Hopefully, my viewpoints will at least kind of put a dent in your own perspectives and get you to think a little bit differently. And if you know someone who is vegan and you want to share this episode with them and maybe use it as a springboard for conversation or as a way to kind of start dialogues with other people, use it and do that. You're most welcome to use this and find value out of it. And may this episode help change people's minds and change people's hearts and just get people thinking a little bit differently about veganism and why people choose it and how it can help change the world. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Enoughism. I will see you next time. I hope you enjoyed. This minimalist wants more. Enoughism is the journey, a path to peace and joy. The world is full of distractions. Through mindfulness, we can find solace. You are enough with what you are and what you have right now, but so often we forget in our pursuit of more. 
So let us pause, be fully present, and appreciate the good in our lives and the good yet to come. Together, we can find enoughism. I'm your host, Reverend Yugen Bond, a retired material girl, author of Enoughism, This Minimalist Wants More, a journalist, editor, and former professor and lecturer. This show explores mindfulness, meditation, and minimalism through conversations with people around the world about their journey towards enoughism. For more, visit IamEnoughism.com. Enjoy the show. Congratulations, you've reached the end of the Enoughism podcast. Show some love if you'd like by subscribing and leaving a review. If you wish to support the show, you can download the Enoughism ebook now available on Amazon by visiting IamEnoughism.com. Make a Venmo donation if you'd like at Enoughism. Questions or comments? Want to be a guest on the show? Drop me a note at EnoughismPodcast at gmail.com. I'm Reverend Eugen Bond. Remember, we are all enough just the way we are. See you next time.